Blog Talk Radio. Another day, another chance. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Mark Healy. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Wave, Rockaway's newspaper since 1893, and this is Riding the Wave. Today, we're going to be talking with, as part of our candidate uh, series for Election Day 2020, uh, we're talking with New York State uh, Senate candidate Tom Sullivan. Good morning, Tom, and welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, Mark. Thank you, and thank you to the team there at the Wave for having me. I think this is a very important of the uh, political process where everybody gets to know their candidates, and uh, and that's where I'm with you here today. Great, uh, thanks. Uh, you know, I, I was talking with our community editor uh, Ray Van and our digital editor Allison Case before we sat down for this interview, and the interesting uh, question came up. Uh, Ray, who, uh, like me, has a, has a sports background, uh, says, whenever I interview a fighter, uh, I ask them, you know, uh, when they're going to face the same opponent again, uh, you know, what are you going to do different from the last time that you, you, you fought? And, you know, in this case, you have run against uh, New York, uh, the incumbent New York State Senator Joe Adabo. Uh, you, you, you faced him a couple of years ago. And, you know, what are you going to do differently this time around? So, uh, you know, the biggest criticism I got the first time out is I, I wish I would have known who you were uh, before I voted. Because um, afterwards, they, they liked what they heard and they liked what they read about uh, Tom Sullivan. So, uh, you know, the additional challenges, uh, obviously, with COVID kind of, you know, put the best plan uh took that hit in the face uh, with COVID and our, we had to shift our plan. So uh, one of the things we're doing to get our, our name out there is uh, I bought a campaign van and had my name and, and picture pa- plastered all over it and uh, had some loudspeakers and kind of reverted back to uh, the fifties where you drive around the neighborhoods, uh, making announcements, uh, vote for Tom Sullivan, uh, serve this community, ready to serve his community serve this country, ready to serve his community. Um, obviously, we upped our, uh, our uh, social media campaigns, got a little more involved with uh, Facebook and um, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so there was multiple efforts there. And I, I know like you all are facing challenges with the distribution of, of hard copies of paper. Uh, that's been a challenge for certain demographics uh, who used to go to the library and, and 
and love to pick up their free copies of uh, the local newspapers. Yo, absolutely. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, the, 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 the benefit of being an essential employee is that you have to be, you know, we, we really never took any time off. You know, our paper uh, was coming out regardless, but uh, everyone else is facing the challenges, you know, not only uh, were we dependent upon, you know, the local business, but we're also dependent upon our readers. So if people aren't buying the paper, uh, and if people aren't advertising their business because they can't advertise their business because their business is suffering, right. certainly that is something that uh, we're all dealing with. Uh, but the other thing too is, is that um, actually a couple of things is that, you know, the last time you ran against uh, Joe Adabo, you had the benefit of a contentious uh, primary, you know, GOP primary uh, against uh, Slavik uh, Plata. And I think not only did you have that uh, contest, but you also had a, a great victory. You know, uh, uh, you know, you got on the front page of the wave, you know, uh, Sully for Senate. Certainly it was something that uh, we, we certainly enjoyed uh, being there uh, on election night to see uh, how uh, you and your constituents uh, with the Queens GOP uh, got so excited about your win uh, over over Plata, but also uh, it kind of gave you a little momentum going into the race against uh, uh, against Adabo. So you this time around uh, certainly has its challenges, but it also uh, presents an opportunity for you uh, to you know once again take on. A uh, uh, you know the 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 Adabo machine uh, in a sense because you know before Joe it was his dad uh, that was a, a very powerful politician and when you're fighting that uh, fighting that name recognition how does Tom Sullivan uh, you you know you 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 talked about it a little bit in your opening statement but how does Tom Sullivan fight that? stone in your shoe where you basically, you know, people are voting for a name that they recognize rather than a, a, a specific candidate. So, we, the, you know, the plain truth is we have to work twice as harder or three times harder, uh, have to spend more time, more hours, be out there earlier, be out there later uh, than uh, my competitor uh, to overcome that challenge. Uh, like I mentioned, the, uh, the van also very effective and very personable when we can get out there and stop on a street corner and in some of the areas, uh, like along the boardwalk there, I would stop at almost every uh, entrance to the boardwalk and I'd wait a few minutes and a couple of people would care to engage. Uh, sometimes I get a head nod and sometimes I get a thumbs up and other times people would keep walking, you know, that had to do mm -hmm. with the environment. I wanted to respect people's uh, space, right? So that is labor intensive, but it's very personable. Uh, Facebook is less intrusive because people have to actively go out and, and find you, uh, or you have to be out there messaging. So uh, along with other social media platforms. So that's what we've been doing. We definitely upped the social media. Uh, we tried to make a bigger presence so that people could go in and look at the, the Tom Sullivan's experience and uh, his character, because uh, basically that's what my Facebook, LinkedIn uh, profile is, is my resume, where I've been for all these years. And on that note, while I have an opportunity, I'm going to explain to those who might listen in later 
or read about me, uh, for those who don't know, um, 27 years in the financial services industry, uh, 28 years in the military and still serving with multiple tours over to Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait, and other parts of the Middle East. And uh, I owned a restaurant for 10 years, and uh, I'm now associated with the family business that's been around for 82 years, uh, and it's a restaurant, right? And we're struggling just like uh, a lot of the other small business owners out there on how to make it to another generation. So I truly feel, and, and you know, something I've said multiple times is that over the years, um, my personal political philosophy was, uh, um, how could I go out there and run for political office when I've never walked in anybody's shoes, uh, you know, been that small business owner, been that military guy, been the, you know, worked in the private sector. Uh, I'm, it's, it's a clear distinction this, this election. You have a political outsider with a broad experience, and you have a, uh, you know, essentially someone who's been in politics for the better part of their life for the last 18 years. I think that, you know, too often when we have elections, uh, people vote for things uh, other than uh, the issues at hand sometimes. And I do think that this time around, people will be voting the issues. One of those issues, Tom, and it's something that you've, you've just spoken to, is the difficulty at the state level uh, for local businesses. You know, uh, the frustration has never been higher. Uh, and, and part of it is COVID. Part of it is, uh, well, a big part of it is COVID. But also, um, what has happened to the economy? Either because, you know, of, of COVID uh, creating a situation where, uh, we're giving politicians that have never had um, a real job, uh, you know, making decisions for people whose life savings is tied up in their, in their business, in their local business. And instead of engaging with the business community, a lot of these decisions have been made, you know, at the legislative level. And I think that really when you, when you talk about the frustrations of, uh, folks in Rockaway, just to be specific, because this is a Rockaway newspaper and this is a Rockaway program, what can you do uh, as, a, as a state senator to address all of those frustrations and concerns with what's going on at the state level? Well, here's a couple of things. Uh, one is I have a proven record, uh, both in my civilian capacity, uh, the military capacity, and frankly, as a small business owner, um, if I treated my constituents um, like some of our politicians do, I would lose my customers. And in my civilian capacity, if I treated my constituents uh, or, or ignored my constituents uh, in my private sector, they'd fire me. And if I did that in the, in the military, I'd be relieved of command. And uh, so I have a long 28-year history in all those industries. And yes, I've done them all at the same time. I get that question quite frequently. You've done, you know, they expected me to be 60 years old or 70 years old sometimes, <laughs> thinking I had three separate careers. Uh, but no, I've been able to get that accomplished and raise a family and, you know, two kids and just started college. But what I could tell you is I, I relate to those issues. I know what it's been like to be taxed from multiple organizations, uh, receive 
fines when you, before you even open up the door in the morning. That's happening, right? Um, all over the place. Just trying to keep your business keep your, and feed your family. And, uh, you know, our politicians didn't take a 75% pay cut uh, when they expect us to open our doors at 25% capacity. So one of the things um, I, I would mention that I've uh, got a lot of experience in, it's mitigating risk. So whether it's in the financial industry or the military or, my, or, or the restaurant, we don't have the option of avoiding risk in its entirety. Everything, we can't call off the war, you can't shut down the, the financial industry, and you can't close the doors to your restaurant, right? So we do everything possible to mitigate risk and be able to overcome these, uh, you know, in this case, COVID, right? Uh, a few years back, the Rockaway Peninsula was wiped out with Hurricane Sandy. How would we bring these businesses back, right? I was out of my home for five years. Part of the reason I was out of my home for five years is because of the bureaucracy from the city and the state for them to figure out, you know, how are we going to let people build back, right? So, you know, it took my plans forever to get through the building department. How's that for getting people in their homes, right? That's terrible. That's what that is. And if I provided my customers, my clients, or my fellow soldiers that type of service, I'd be, would have been out of those industries a long time ago. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the economy uh, is a big issue here in New York State. Uh, there are, you know, certainly in Rockaway, uh, I, you know, the people I talk to on a regular basis, even the ones that truly support Governor Cuomo and truly support uh, Joe Adabo and our other state legislature, Assemblywoman Stacey Pfeffer Amato, uh, a lot of those folks have really been frustrated with uh, the decision-making process. And I bring it up again because I feel like, you know, when you are in a position to legislate, you know, to, to create bills, you know, to really write the laws, I, I think that having someone that has come from uh, a different perspective uh, can be effective. And, you know, you obviously come from a different perspective. You're not an elected official. Uh, you've run for office before, but certainly you're not someone that anyone could call a bureaucrat. So as, as you know, as, you know, as, as someone who would, uh, if, if let's say you won this, this election, how would Tom Sullivan legislate? Uh, what kind of things would you do as, as a state senator to improve the lives and the, and the livelihoods of folks in Rockaway? Well, I would, I would first break down some bureaucratic uh, barriers. Uh, I'll give an example without naming the, the, the name of the restaurant. But for years, uh, there was a family trying to get their, their uh, after Sandy, get their business back open. And, uh, you know, the, the bureaucrats in their ignorance uh, don't realize that the longer that business regardless of the reasons, stayed shut, that's lost tax revenue, right? And in the, and the, and the financial burden they put on that family was horrific. And all they were trying to do is build bigger, big, better, and stronger, and get that restaurant open for the benefit of their family, right? But the city stands, stands the gain and the state stands the gain because what do they collect? They collect taxes. 
So how on earth do you keep businesses, and it wasn't just one, it was multiple, that they kept closed for a couple of years? And that was lost tax revenue. That was lost job opportunities. And that was less services to the people in, within that community. Um, another example is, you know, I drive out, you know, down Peninsula Boulevard. Our, our hospital shut down many years ago. Where is it? Right? So there's no service to the community there. There's no, no good job opportunities in nursing and healthcare and doctors and maintenance. Uh, that, that was a big employer on the peninsula. And the people that can less, less afford to go to a check cashing place, you know, and lose more money uh, by having not being able to go to a bank. So that was one, that would be one of the first things I do is try and get, uh, you know, uh, an incentive in there for, for banks to go into Far Rockaway so that, again, the people would, wouldn't have to give a percentage back, a high percentage back uh, to a check cashing place. You know, what, all these years, and nobody's made any effort to try to re, uh, revitalize that part of the peninsula. When I think about uh, the questions that I ask any, anyone who's running for office, uh, you know, I always ask them, you know, what, 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 what's your Rockaway roots? You know, what, what, what connects you to Rockaway that allows you to represent, or at least, you know, why should anyone from Rockaway support your candidacy? And I ask that of every, uh, of, of, of everyone that usually runs uh, for office uh, when we get the opportunity. And, you know, the, the folks that are from Rockaway, like yourself, uh, you know, I don't have to ask that question all the time. But in this case, when we're talking about the uniqueness of Rockaway as a coastal community, as opposed to mainland Queens, certainly uh, understanding what faces coastal communities. And you mentioned it before about Superstorm Sandy. Superstorm Sandy, uh, you know, this week we're going to celebrate uh, or at least mark uh, eight years uh, since Rockaway dealt with Superstorm Sandy. And I think that it's important, uh, you know, not only to recognize uh, what Rockaway went through uh, in, in 2012, but certainly uh, elect people uh, to important legislative positions that not only understand uh, what it was like to come back from Sandy, but to make sure that it never happens again. So on, on, the, on the, uh, the issue of resiliency, and certainly the environment that is so important uh, to us here in Rockaway, what would a, what would a Tom Sullivan state senator uh, administration do to make sure that uh, Rockaway remains Rockaway strong and resilient? Well, let me first mention, uh, you brought it up. I am a fourth generation Rockaway uh, person, Breezy Point, uh, raising a fifth generation here. And, and uh, before I get into bed every night, I pull the sheet back and wipe the sand out so that I could get a good night's rest. Okay, so I'm all too familiar with, uh, with uh, the, you know, living here in the coastal community. I used to rowboat, you know, take my rowboat out, out into Jamaica Bay there, no life jackets, no anchors, just a set of oars and drop a line into the water. So I appreciate the environment that we live within and that we are surrounded with, quite frankly. Frank, uh, frankly. And uh, I also might mention that, and I don't begrudge anybody for driving an SUV or anything like that, but uh, you know, I, I walk the walk and talk the talk. 
I, I drive a Prius, an electric Prius, right? The, with the electric component. Uh, these hands have planted thousands of blades of seagrass, uh, both in my local community and out on the Rockaway Peninsula there on the boardwalks. Uh, so I am very much in tune with not only the beauty of our area, but the requirements to protect it. And you could go back to the 1920s, uh, I think it was 1929 as part of the Federal Works Program when they built the jetty down at the far, and, the far uh, western end here in Breezy Point. That jetty was built to, you know, keep the harbor from closing up with all the sand deposits. And it's done exactly that. There are certain parts of Neponset and Bell Harbor that the water is a stone's throw uh, from the streets. And the, uh, the dunes they keep plowing up and they spend fortunes bringing sand in and mother nature takes it back out for free. So the bureaucracy part that needs to be broken down is the, uh, you know, studies have been done. We know jetties. Uh, have certain impacts and, you know, some very good impacts too, not only just preserving the coastline, but, you know, for sea life as well. So uh, why it takes so long to, uh, for the bureaucracy to break down and get these jetties put in place uh, is unacceptable. And uh, frankly, like I mentioned, I was out of my house for five years for Sandy. It took them uh, several years for the permits to get, uh, uh, issued uh, to rebuild because it took them forever to figure out that we need to build a little higher, use a little more, um, you know, uh, redesign in our foundations. And uh, how, how do we live within our environment, right? Because we know. And I use the word risk often, and I've used it here before. Uh, I know that, that you live in a place surrounded by the water, you assume certain risks. And in order to mitigate that risk, I have to pay more for flood insurance than maybe somebody out in the middle of Pennsylvania, uh, um, you know, the mountains of Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, I bear that responsibility. My family bears that. My community, we bear that responsibility. Let me, let me pose a devil's advocate question for you, uh, because... You know, when I, when I, when people ask me about Tom Sullivan or they ask me about anybody that's running, uh, you know, for, for office, you know, I always say the same thing as a journalist, it's not, it's not up to me. And what, what I feel about a candidate is not really that important. Uh, what is important are two things in my, in my mind, and that is a accountability and B consistency. Those are two very important things that I think every candidate needs to have when, especially when they win the office, you know, um, you know, sticking to what you promised. Obviously, uh, if you ran on a certain issue, how are you? How are you affecting uh, that uh, that issue that you that you uh, you know made your own? Uh, and in this case, Tom, uh, you know, for me, uh, one of the things that I'm constantly hearing about uh, and constantly hearing from other people is, well, you know, uh, why, why, why wouldn't I vote for Joe Adabo? You know, he's a good guy. He shows up for stuff. He shakes hands. Uh, you know, why should, I, why should I not vote for Joe Adabo, Tom? What, what, what about uh, Joe Adabo as a state senator? Why should I change my vote and vote for Tom Sullivan? Well, the answer to the first part of your question is I, I've been held accountable my entire career, both on a civilian capacity. I live in a very, I work in a very performance oriented uh, environment 
I don't make a set salary. If I perform, I get paid more. If I, I don't perform, I get paid less. Uh, in the military, I'm very held to very much accountable to the soldiers, to my peers, to the operations. I didn't make it 28 years in a colonel and a brigade commander, uh, but by not being held accountable or being accountable for the welfare and safety of my soldiers. And I owned a restaurant for 10 years, so I'm, I'm accountable to my customers. If I don't provide a good service or, uh, or product, then I don't survive. And uh, we're helping an 82-year-old year family business get to another generation. So that's the accountability piece. As far as, you know, uh, our politicians are not, we're supposed to hold them accountable on election day for these things. Um, Senator Dabo has been around for a long time. And I think this election, he's going to be held accountable for his lack of support to our law enforcement and voting for bail reform. That was not a minor mistake. You know, that was that was a political decision, and he should be held accountable for that decision uh, because our police department has been diminished. Uh, our city council has just changed the narrative, uh, disgusting narrative that's put our law enforcement in harm's way. It's their, it, they've tied their hands, diminished their accountability. Policemen, uh, you know, response times are up. Crime is up. And police officers are afraid, not only for their careers, but they're afraid to go to jail for some of these bizarre things that are being said by a city council. And George, Senator Davo has not held them accountable. He has not stood up for our law enforcement. You know, voting for bail reform is, is not it. Voting to expose their records, uh, you know, that created an environment where people literally went around and organized and said, hey, just keep making complaints about that police officer over there. Just keep recording them, calling in, make the complaint, so that one day the 10 complaints, all unsubstantiated, um, amount to something, right? Because then people say, well, he's got 10 complaints, even though they're all uh, bogus complaints. And he voted for that, for those records to be uh, public, you know, and it, it diminished our, our law enforcement. So, Tom, if, if, if folks want to uh, donate to your campaign, are you taking donations? Uh, where, should they, where, where should they look for updates and where should they contact you uh, directly to donate to your campaign and support what you're trying to do? Okay. You know, I, I, love, that, I love that question, right? It, it's one of the biggest criticisms I get from both my party and from, uh, you know, people out there. Uh, I don't believe in taking the public's money uh, Right. It's hard earned. It's hard to come by. And um, so I try to operate within a budget and I try not to, uh, you know, build a war chest as some of these candidates. And I, there are certain people I, I don't take money from. Right. Or organizations I won't take money from because I don't want to be beholden to them. But if somebody wants to uh, donate a few dollars to our campaign to help get the mailers out, um, and uh, put gas in the campaign van and insurance and things like that. They can go for uh, Sullivan for Senate15.com. And uh, there's a button on there where you can donate. Um, that's probably the best and most efficient way to do it. You know? Well, I certainly want to uh, thank you for making the time to talk with us, Tom. Certainly wish you all the best uh, in your campaign. And hopefully on election day, uh, you come out the winner. Uh, you know, for yourself and for your family. And uh, I wish you all the best. Stay safe, stay healthy, 
and uh, we'll uh, look forward to seeing you down the road. No, I, I appreciate the time. It's important for everybody to get an equal share. And I do encourage, you know, as voters, okay, and don't take this the wrong way, as voters, we do have a responsibility, not just wait to sit by the mailbox and wait for Tom Sullivan to send an email. You know, check us out on the website. Uh, check me out on Facebook. Um, you can learn a lot more about me there without being, you know, feel like you're being your privacy invaded. Uh, with mail and phone calls and uh, be driving around a van with uh, loudspeakers. Well, thanks so much, Tom. Have a good one. Take care. You take care, Mark. Best wishes.